LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for Gospel Centre Ministry every week. Now, Derek. Scott. We're back in our building. It's been like two years, COVID, building renovations. It was wonderful to get back into our uh, our church. You're talking about church building? My church building, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. We've been churching the whole time, but actually back in our church building. What was good about it? Uh, I think finally seeing, you know, the fruition of a project that has been all about connecting uh, people with the life, love and freedom found in Jesus. Uh, to actually sort of start to see that happening, to see people looking in, seeing, you know, seeing the church space. And, and one of the best moments of yesterday's service was hearing stories and people's reflections on the last 12 months. And there are a number of people who have become Christians, you know, just in the last three months. So I, I reckon that's always great to hear because it wasn't the building that necessarily did that. It was, you know, God's people inviting them to... Uh, hear about Jesus, inviting them to church. Okay, tell me the one big thing that you, or maybe it came out yesterday, what do you hope from this new building? You got brand spanking new building, it's amazing. Ten years' time, what do you hope happens through yeah, the building? Yeah, we had a prayer meeting on Saturday, and, and I kind of, I just worked through each of the rooms and just prayed that, you know, the ministry purpose from those rooms would happen. But my big hope is that we actually see loads of people become Christian in the local area. You know, we want to, our vision is, the vision of the church is to see thousand you know a thousand people meeting on a Sunday regularly I don't reckon I don't reckon we've got the building for that <laughs> it'll it'll probably be five services that we want on Saturday so I think we're gonna we're gonna tap out of the size but but I reckon we'll get pretty close mm, that's good so that's my hope well that's a good thing to pray for but for now you press play on another episode of the one thing small group leaders now this is uh Hopefully we've got small group leaders listening in. Uh, hopefully we've got senior pastors who are working with key leaders in their church to to see their small groups ministry happening. And hopefully we've also got pastors who have been set aside to specifically just push into this area of church life. It's a really uh, important structure. And so uh, we want to, I guess, re-rate some things you've probably heard. We want to keep you know playing the same notes. But we also want to address, you know, what it is you should be thinking about now as a, in, in your small groups ministry. Yeah, it's an interesting phrase, playing the same notes. It would be a bit boring if you did play the same notes, but <laughs> playing the same tune maybe. Oh, um, play the same tune. Look, is it? Uh, look, I don't want, you no. can edit that out in post-production. I don't want to split heads. Natalie, Natalie, my wife on the weekend, was explaining a whole bunch of musical stuff to me, and yeah. I was amazed. I played her this song, and I said, did you, did you notice something special in that? And, uh, and she got it, like, straight away. And then she wasn't surprised. She's like, yeah, but I'm a... I'm a musician, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I was like, I just was amazed. Like, I played her this Led Zeppelin song and she picked what was going, you know, there what was going go. on. Was, this was, this was is good. the kind of gold that happens when we do a podcast, Scott. <laughs> People are wondering, what is going on? Anyway, this is what we're going on. Here, here, are, the, here are some uh, things to remind you of, just around small group myths before we, we kick into uh, talking about the importance of small groups for churches, some of the things we keep banging on about. Um, you want me to run through them? Yep. Okay, I'll, I'll just do five very quickly. One. Small groups are just something uh, we should run because everyone does it. No, no, no. You've got to be deliberate about why you do it. You've got to understand what their purpose is. Uh, there's nothing inherently biblically mandated about having small groups in church. And not everyone does it. Not everyone does it. Not everyone does it. Heresy. Anyway, so you don't have to. Number two, small groups are the discipling ministry of a church. Well, they're a discipling ministry, 
and they can be a really key discipling ministry, but they are the discipling ministry of the church. Everything that happens within church is a solve. Every interaction is a moment of discipleship. But small groups can be a key, but they aren't the discipling ministry. Number three, small group leaders should be mini pastors. Uh, particularly where I grew up, this is, this is a big thing. If you lead a small group, you are effectively a pastor for that group of people. That's a massively high bar a hugely high bar, and has a whole bunch of uh, problems associated with it. So no, small group leaders don't have to be mini pastors for their church. There are other ways in which you can conceive of that position and probably should if you're going to uh, work out how to include more people. I've just got this little picture of a little mini-me pastor. But anyway, mini sorry. Me. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> All right, number four. Uh, small group leaders will just appear. Uh, no leaders at all, full stop, ever, just appear uh, unless they go to AFS or we're just fortunate enough for them to be leaders. Uh, small group leaders don't just appear. We need to be deliberate about raising them up and deploying them and supporting them. You don't just chuck them out there and hope for the best. No, small group leaders do not just appear. We need to work at building them up. That's number four. Number five, last one is this. People will find their way into small groups and just stay in them. Uh, well, look, anecdotally, I'm sure some people have found their way into small groups accidentally because they knew someone. I'm sure some people have been in small groups their entire life. Um, but if we're going to rely on people accidentally finding their way into small groups and just staying in them, being content and growing, uh, then we are setting ourselves up and our church up for disappointment. So there are the five things. So, Derek, uh, I want to push into sort of recruiting small group leaders. What are some of the difficulties? Well, I think some of the difficulties start with me. So let's start with that one. Um uh, my understanding of what I'm recruiting people to is key. So if, if I have in my head that I am recruiting someone who will effectively be a mini pastor for a small group, the bar I'm sending is very, very high, uh, and what I'm requiring of them week to week is very, very high as well. Um, and so I'm limiting the number of people who are going to be able to lead that group significantly, which means the number of groups I'm going to have are going to be very, very small as well. And so there's a, um, there's a question mark over what job description am I uh, inviting them to, recruiting them to towards. That's a huge difficulty. If I haven't got in my head clear what I'm actually asking of small group leaders, um, then I'm setting up myself up for a whole bunch of problems. You can go the other way as well. Like you can just say you're just entirely facilitated. No one really leads. You know, it's just go with the vibe. That's got problems as well. But first, I want to say one of the difficulties is not understanding, not having articulated, and people not understanding what they are being recruited into as well. I think that's really that's really problematic. And in some ways, that goes for most high-level ministry positions in church life. And that's one of the that's one of the questions you've got to sort of answer as you sort of think into your leadership pipeline. Where does your small group leader sit? Are they are they a team leader? Are they a team member? Uh, but recognizing that a small leader has a uh, a high level of responsibility uh, and a high level of competency, character, uh, convictional elements as well. Yeah, it can, and yeah, can, and it can. That's I right. Say, it can. There's you can a, turn that, the doll. Uh, yeah, yeah, turn the doll up or down. Yeah, and so some churches have these three kind of uh, levels um, that you might recruit small group leaders to. Um, that is, people who might really just be a facilitator at that point, because that's where they are in their kind of spiritual journey, their leadership abilities, where they're in church. And so you do require a significant amount of support around them in order to help them do that. Some people might be kind of in between, uh, and so have some. Uh, understanding the Bible and be able to lead and do a bit more than facilitate. Some people might be up in that, have their gifts for being a mini pastor, um, but understanding where people are. But as you said, having just that baseline of actually re recruiting people to small groups is the same issue as recruiting people to any leadership position. You've got to be clear about what you're doing. So be clear about what your expectations are. What, yep. what else? 
Uh, be, I think for uh, have a deliberate plan for it would be my second thing. Um, actually, have a deliberate time of year where you're beginning to think into next year. But alongside that, have this drip-fed mentality with leaders in the group. You're constantly asking them, who else within your group might be able to do this? What would it look like to multiply and to raise up and train? And this is part of leadership development, that it's not always a senior leader who does it. You want to equip people who are leading underneath you uh, to be doing the small things in leadership to be able to hand over authority and responsibility within that as well. That's how you get good long-term leadership pipelines, um, by not just you doing it, but by everyone owning that leadership development space. Anything else? No, nothing from me. I've got a question for you, though. Okay, so let me give you a scenario then. Limited number of churches. You've got a church of 100. Limited number of leaders within that church. You've got a whole bunch of ministries to run. Uh, you're looking at you know, five leaders, key leaders, capable leaders. Uh, how is it you know whether to deploy them to the five growth groups you've got or maybe take a risk and put other people in growth groups and spread around? How are you making that decision about deployment? Well, I think first you've got to have your plan of where you're going. So where do you actually want to get to? You need to assess, okay, you know, is this is this an area of church life that we've actually got a problem uh, and so we want to put resource to it? But but recognising that if we put resources into small group ministry leaders, it means we're not putting resources into other important aspects of church life, like uh, our gathering, which, uh, which is a, a key place of discipleship, but also a key place of welcoming the outsider uh, and seeing community life happen, seeing mission happen. Uh, so we've got to recognise that a, a decision to move someone here in a ministry role will mean that they won't be in another ministry role. So again, in the context of the whole church needs, you need to weigh up, well, where is it that we you know, actually need to put you know, resource? And that can change as the church grows. That can change you know, based on, on, on where things are at. Uh, so I think that's the first question, to actually have a, have a larger plan that you're actually uh, working, uh, you know, working towards. I think what we often see in churches is that the only recruiting and the only training uh, and the only deployment is often in that small group, you know, ministry space. And, and kind of every other ministry is kind of a, it's a choose your own adventure or it's people competing for these resources without any real clarity about where someone, you know, ought to uh, be best placed and, and, and put in ministry. Uh, so you, you've got to you've got to have a place and opportunity to, to, to discuss where should we prioritise, where should we put people. Uh, I think also... Uh, you need to keep recognising that uh, we don't want to just be putting you know people into into small group because there is that other I guess maturity myth out there as well that if we just get more Bible into people you know they'll grow it's 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 through serving it's through conversations it's through our church life it's the whole the whole body working in church life that actually sees someone discipled. All right, okay, excellent. Now, as we think, you no know, twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three probably as well a lot of the leaders leading this year may have come and led through COVID, which was pretty exhausting. Oh, leading a small group in COVID. Yeah, it was awful. Um, but how do you keep them going between this year and next? What do you do to support them, care for them? Well, I think, I think this is one of, the, one of the other difficulties that we have in facing, you know, recruiting people for small groups ministry is that we're actually not doing the hygiene stuff well. So people in small group structure often actually don't feel cared for. They don't feel regularly met up with. And so often one of the reasons we've got a problem with small group leaders and is that we're actually losing a lot of people in the small group ministry. You know, they're tired, they're worn out. Mm. Um, so you need to have a regular ongoing sort of hygiene system in place to make sure that you're actually uh, growing and, uh, and helping facilitate the growth of your small group leaders. I think that'll help you recruit small group leaders because people will know, I'm going to jump in here, I'm actually going to be cared for, 
I'm going to be mentored, uh, developed in in that role, uh, and and I've got confidence that that's going to happen. Uh, so, uh, again, one yeah one of, so one of the key things is I think is keep paying attention to that hygiene stuff. That'll help you with your recruitment, uh, but that'll also help you in raising up more small group leaders as well because you'll have people actually wanting to be part of this um, this structure. Uh, I think the other thing to say is that the small groups ministry really is. Uh, and people in small groups really kind of tells you your underlying growth in church life. So it, if you if you if that figure's trending up, uh, you know often that's where people actually land. It's where they say, "Yep, I'm part of this church." You know, the wallet's often the last thing to sort of, you know, get converted into church life. So so looking at your small group number, I reckon that's a, a good one to sort of regularly get a trend figure on, and to regularly go, "Okay, well if if church continues to grow at this rate, then that means next year we're going to need." you know, this many groups. Mm. Likewise, I think you also want to analyze your small groups and see how many are actually full and, and full regularly to see if you've actually got capacity. And that'll actually help you identify, well, what, what do we need, ne- you know, next year? Uh, and you, so then that all ought to help you work back and go, okay, we need to be always, you know, regularly recruiting this many number of um, small group leaders. And now's the time really to be doing that. Now's the time to be, you know, pulling aside some of those people, tapping them on the shoulder, starting to work with them on their on their training and their development. Now, often it's, you know, we, we talk about having someone training alongside you. Uh, I think that's often a hard thing to do for a small group leader. You know, you're adding another, another job and another competency. Uh, often I think it's worthwhile to actually find those people who you think will be future leaders, pull, pull them out of the system for a time, you know, give them a term's worth of training you know, in a small group, thinking about things, and then you know, have the ability to redeploy them in, um, you know, in the new year. Well, can I can I throw a little spanner in the yeah, works there? Spanner away, because I reckon one of the things you do want to encourage leaders to do, um, which actually can reduce their workload while training other people, is make them be deliberate about handing off roles within the group. So, someone who may be exhibiting some sort of leadership skills, or you think they might have some leadership chops, you hand them prayer each week. So their role is to organise prayer, bring a couple of prayer points and run that section of it. Another person, their role is to organise the um, the hospitality aspect of it. Now, they're just little moments of stepping into leadership um, that I think we can handle, which actually reduce the workload of the leader overall, help them to um, delegate, raise up, all those kind of things. So, so, Derek, what do you do if a small group leader isn't doing great? How do you gently move them on? You just got to cut the cord. Cut the cord. No, no, no. Spoken like a man who's not a pastor. Um, well, my gut feeling is if someone isn't doing well as a growth group leader, generally they're going to know and they're not going to be enjoying it. They're going to be dreading each week. And so they're just waiting for someone to help them know how to move forward. And sometimes that moving forward may be saying to, may be saying to them, this may not be where your gifts lie. And there's a sense of relief that, that can come when someone hears that they can be let off the hook in this because um, it's not nice serving in a way where you feel useless. What about putting it on the other foot, though? You're the small group's you know, coordinator for church life. Yeah. You've identified that I'm a problem small group leader. Yep. Uh, you've worked out, yep, I'm just not great at facilitating a group. Yep. How do you have that conversation with well, me? Why how is do you Tom laughing as you say that? <laughs> uh, how do you say that? Yeah, look, it is, it's, it's tricky and it's delicate, particularly if they've been leading for a long time. This can happen in established churches um, because people have been in the same group for 20 years and the group is completely ineffective. They haven't grown. Uh, they rarely open the Bible. They don't integrate anyone new. Um, and some people are just there because they have to be there. You know, they, they're hostages there. And so 
It's a really tricky situation uh, to do it. Um, you've you've got to work out. Um, you've got to work out at that point um, what you value more. What you value more. And so I would argue. Do do you? Uh, sometimes you just got to let it go for a while while you've got other fish to fry, you've got other battles to, to fight. But if there is a significant problem in that group which is causing issues in the whole church as well, and it will be, those things will echo, echo out, uh, then you've got to work out what you value there. Do I value the whole church or, or my comfort in the awkward situation? Now you've got to do it partially, you've got to do it carefully, you've got to love them in it, you've got to walk them through it. It's not like ripping a Band-Aid off, not like cutting the cord like I joked before. Uh, you want to disciple that person. Um, but it might be uh, that actually the, at the end point, even though they think I'm best suited for leading a growth group, your understanding of it in that context is actually they're not in this church at this point in time. Not that they can't ever be. So it's a tricky one, uh, but you've got to walk with people. It's a discipleship moment, but you just got to work out how it is you do it. What if, what if your standards are too high? You know, so, you know, creeping up or, you know, you hark back to an era when, you had the most amazing small group leader, and that's what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, going back to your original point about getting the expectations right. Yeah. How do you kind of get a scratch and sniff sort of smell that you know my my standards haven't crept up, so I'm looking for someone who just doesn't exist. Oh, that's a great question because that happens, doesn't it? Just as you grow over time, and you will inherently do things more uh, innately better than other people. So your stand will be up here. You'll in a small church where you may raise up people to such a high level. Um, because you were able to spend so much time with them in that one-on-one, but you haven't worked out how to scale. So the next level of leaders may not be rising up that high. Yeah, you've got to work out some barometer, some standard to work out. Actually, what do I expect? I think this is where a job description comes in, and I think this is where a helpful outside voice comes in, the combination of those two things. A job description by itself, I don't think, will always tell you that, uh, but a helpful outside voice um, who you can ask to say, you know, am I becoming a leadership snob? Uh, am I being unhelpful in the in the height to set my bar so that no one can ever hit it unless they come in from the outside having been trained to that level from someone else? And so that question, you, you hear high-level leaders talk about this, kind of the, the, the working down and then up, um, the, the raising people up rather than just an expectation they'd be at that level. You've got to be conscious of that. It's a good one. So let me finish with some tangible tips for small group leader recruitment. You want to start early. So start early. So term three, now's the time to be thinking into your leadership needs for next year. Tap people on the shoulder, have the conversations and start to develop those leaders, particularly those ones who are feeling like, hey, this is a stretch uh, for me to do it. You want to install leaders uh, in training in term four. So actually get them doing um, and provide around them the structures to give feedback, uh, to give coaching, to actually help, help them so that they can have their sort of best start for next year. Make sure your materials are very easy to use. So again, as a small group leader, preparer, keep talking with your leaders. You know, are the notes helpful? Do you need more? Do you need less? You know, what will be useful in actually uh, getting alongside you? And can I encourage you to meet up with your small group leaders, you know, face to face? Have a start of term four small group leaders all in uh, and use that to potentially invite some prospective leaders. You know, start to sort of sow, sow the seeds. Uh, that's just another thought. And then the final one, uh, we've got a ministry grid course to train small group leaders. That's a, another useful, uh, a useful course to be using in the context of slowly developing leaders through the course of the year. You don't necessarily need to uh, have everyone all in and have someone at, a, at someone's house. You can use that online training to uh, help them slowly go through the skills and the competencies they need to lead a small group Bible study.
So Derek, what's the one thing you want to say about small group leaders? I want to say you want to start being clear or be clear about what role they play within the whole church, uh, what their purpose is, and start building for 2023 right now, raising leaders and training them. So just opening up the toolbox, just a couple of resources. Uh, Richard Sweatman, who is the maturity pastor at Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle, has written a great uh, resource, Being a Small Group Leader. Uh, that's available from Matthias Media. We'll put a link in the show notes to that. Uh, we talked about the Ministry Grid Small Groups course. As always, there's a free three-month trial. Tom's ready to onboard you, so follow the link in the show notes uh, and you can actually get a sense of uh, what's in that course. And then we talked about the small group myths at the start. That was a cracker talk from last year's uh, national uh, conference. We'll put a link in the show notes to uh, Graham Fuller's uh, talk on that as well. Well, Derek, can I just talk about our Building Leaders Days? We've got a couple coming up in uh, Narrabeen in the northern beaches of Sydney, Kellyville out in the uh, northwest of Sydney, and all the way down in, uh, in Geelong as well. So there's some great opportunities uh, for you to invest in your leaders, uh, get along to a Building Leaders Day. What, do you, what to expect on that day? Uh, well, during that day, you get an understanding of uh, what does it take to actually develop and grow a leadership pipeline in your church. You'll have the opportunity uh, to work with others, uh, to work with your team leaders, to start thinking through your needs uh, and how it is you're going to go about uh, solving the problem of raising up more leaders. Head along to reachaustralia.com.au forward slash building leaders to find out more about those events. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.